I am perfectly exposed and vulnerable to your rejection of my love, to your discomfort with my declaration, and to the possibility that you might think my love carries expectations that you might not want to meet. Welcome to Insert Human. This is a show that is not for everyone. It's for seekers, people like you, hopefully, who are searching for solutions to your problems, the world's problems, and everything in between. The conversations to come are going to show you how finding the truth of our humanity is the magic key to solving pretty much anything. Between my monologues, my dialogues with brilliant guests, and your good questions, you're going to learn how to insert human into everything, and in doing so, realize a better life and one day a better world. I love you. Three seemingly simple words that say so much and yet are sometimes really hard to hear and just as hard to say. My father-in-law was heading in for open heart surgery last week. He's fine, by the way. On one of the many pre-op phone calls between he and my wife and I, he mentioned that he'd been getting lots and lots of calls from well-wishers and he was not used to the I love you words being said to him by other men. It was clear that instead of giving him comfort, those three simple words were sort of kind of doing the opposite. So I pondered that, you know, why exactly is that? Why do so many people struggle, and I mean struggle, to hear those words and also default to either not saying the words to others at all or adjusting them slightly, which it turns out is really significantly by truncating the declaration to two words, from I love you to love you. It appears that by removing the I part of the statement, we effectively remove the ownership. We remove the responsibility. We cool off the averred intimacy, and we brilliantly attach the love function to the anonymous. I'm not saying I love you or who loves you, but just love you. I'm absolved. You are no longer confronted. One of the most powerful statements we can ever make is perfectly neutered. Perhaps the I connection to the love and the you part is too much for all of us to take. Because if I love you, that begs the question, do you think you're actually lovable? It's a universal problem. In fact, the lack of self-love and its dark associates, low self-esteem and low self-confidence are likely, probably, the greatest mental illnesses facing modern society today. They are effectively personal problems that spawn a myriad of other problems, bigger problems, including social media fixation, drug and alcohol addiction, obesity, broken homes, and more. The I word or the I element of the I love you statement also presents as a non-negotiable proposition. If I declare I love you, I am now on the hook. I am saying something that I cannot easily renege on. I'm going out on a limb with no safety net or way down. I am perfectly exposed and vulnerable to your rejection of my love, to your discomfort with my declaration, and to the possibility that you might think my love carries expectations that you might not want to meet. The love part of the equation is equally layered. 
what exactly does love mean? And in my father-in-law's case, what did his male friends mean when they said they loved him? Love is a complicated proposition, cast in forms both grand and romantic and small and almost irrelevant. I love you. I love cheese. Which love are we talking about here, folks? The kind that comes without condition, the version that presumes sexual intimacy, or the type that is just another way of saying two thumbs up. It would appear that along with all that confusion and complexity, the love word carries mutual responsibility and implied value exchange. When I declare it, I have to back it up. Or at least the receiver expects me to follow through now or sometime in the future. When the receiver hears those three words, they now have a responsibility to accept it or to at least not reject it. All of a sudden, we are in some sort of forced negotiation, a collusion of sorts that in many cases has a murky purpose at best. The implicit truth is that the words, I love you, are jarring to many of us. Jarring in their conflict with how we actually feel about the other or about ourselves, jarring in our understanding of what the words really mean, and jarring in our readiness to accept the unspoken terms of the deal. Because we find them jarring, we tend to not want to say them or to hear them. And to my mind, that's a big, sad, human miss. So what if we found our way to a singular definition, a different definition, a universal, gender-neutral form of the statement that simplifies the meaning down to this? I care about you. All of a sudden, the confrontation is gone. The confusion is less, and nobody owes anybody anything. What if we accepted I love you as a simple way of saying I care about you? I care about you as my partner. I love you. I care about you as my child. I love you. I care about you as my friend. I love you. I care about you as a colleague. I love you. I care about you as a stranger. I love you. I care about you as a fellow human being trying to find your way in the world. I love you. It's not so hard to say or hear after all. Thanks for listening today. If you're in search of more opportunities to realize positive change in your life or work, and you find what I have to say helpful, you can always subscribe to my show, check out one of my new salons that are weekly virtual gatherings of like-minded folks. You can read some of my writings or just listen to one of the talks that I've given around the world over the last couple of years. And you can do it all at chriscolbert.com. While you're there, make sure to sign up for my ongoing email updates. When you do, you'll receive a free copy of the first chapter of my about to be published book, Technology is Dead. Again, it's all available at chriscolbert.com. Thanks again for listening today, and I look forward to connecting more in the days ahead.